the Bible Study Podcast, episode 765. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Micah with chapter 6. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Let's continue on. We've got two more chapters, counting this one to close out the book of Micah. The Lord's Case Against Israel. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear you mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of God. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This may not be your most familiar chapter of Micah, but I suspect that last verse there, verse 8, is something that I hope you are familiar with. What does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? It is a summation in Old Testament terms of the covenant of God and his people is that they should be faithful to God and that the way they should express that faithfulness is to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. And that's not a lot of things. You know, we do have the law, and the law has a few more requirements in it, but really this is a summation of what God is looking for. How do you act towards each other? What is the condition of your heart? And how is your relationship with God? And so God here in this chapter says, I've got a problem with how you're behaving, Israel. Let's have the mountains themselves give testimony to what I have to say. The earth itself, the unchanging nature of earth, hear what I have to say. And God says to the people of Israel, what have I done to you? Why is it that you are being so disobedient? Has it been that difficult that I have burdened you with? Remember the things that I have done to you. Remember how I brought you out of Egypt. Remember how I redeemed you from slavery. Remember the people I sent you, Moses and Aaron and Miriam. Remember all of the things that people plotted against you and the journey that got you here. How is it that you think, that that what God has done has been so bad? Or why is it that you have forgotten what God has done? And then says, when you remember that, when you think of all the things that God has done, and you think about your unfaithfulness, what should you then do? Should you come and bow down? Should you offer burnt offerings? And I love this place here. 
Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? We have to remember that although the Old Testament system is a sacrificial system, in the sense that the people are encouraged to bring sacrifices, they're encouraged to bring the blood of rams, they're encouraged to bring the olive oil and the, the wheat offerings as well as these blood offerings. Although it is a sacrificial system, that is an outward symbol of an inward relationship. And so these verses here that we find in the Old Testament are saying God isn't all that, God isn't really just looking for the sacrifice. What he's looking at is how do you act, what's your heart like, and how do you behave towards God? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body? No, he's shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly? And those are words that are still valuable to us today. What does it mean to act justly? And we've talked about this throughout the minor prophets, throughout this prophet of Micah, that part of what God's definition of justice is, is that justice is blind, that justice doesn't depend on how much you have, how popular you are, whether you're an insider, whether you're powerful, that justice is justice. What the law says applies to everyone. And how do we behave? Do we think the law just applies to us and people like us, to us and our friends? Or do we behave as God desires and to act justly to all people, even the people we don't like, even the people on the other side of the political divide, even the people who don't look like us? That is justice. And then to love mercy, to be people who are not looking for schadenfreude, not looking for people to who are not like us, the people that we don't like to be hurt, but are looking for mercy, are looking for that people don't get what they deserve. And and I mean that. That, that is the definition of mercy. Is Mercy is you deserve punishment and you don't get it. Grace is you don't deserve goodness, but you get it. And so to love mercy, to love letting people off the hook, to love when people are redeemed and brought back rather than punished. Is that what we love? Or do we really just want to see the people that we don't like get what they deserve? That is not what God wants our heart to be like. And speaking of hearts, how do we behave towards God? Do we walk humbly? Do we understand that God is God and we are not? That God is God and we don't understand everything he does. We will not understand everything he does. And do we, or are we arrogant both towards each other and towards God? And then it continues, Israel's guilt and punishment. Listen, the Lord is calling to the city and to fear your name is wisdom. Heed the rod and the one who appointed it. Am I still to forget your ill-gotten treasures, you wicked house? And the short ephah, which is accursed. Shall I acquit someone with dishonest scales, with a bag of false weights? Your rich people are violent, your inhabitants are liars, and their tongues speak deceitfully. Therefore I have begun to destroy you, to ruin you because of your sins. You will eat but not be satisfied. Your stomach will, will still be empty. You will store up but save nothing. 
because what you save I will give to the sword. You will plant, but not harvest. You will press olives, but not use the oil. You will crush grapes, but not drink the wine. You have observed the statues of Omri and all the practices of Ahab's house. You have followed their traditions. Therefore, I will give you over to ruin and your people to derision. You will bear the scorn of the nations. So again, as in all of Micah, punishment is coming. God is telling the people so that they can change and avoid this, but also God knows that they will not change and will not avoid this. The people of Israel are going away. The people of Judah are going into captivity and all because of what they have done. And again, some of the ways that they are living that God does not like are their, is their dishonesty. Their dishonesty, both their lying tongues that we hear about here, but also their dishonest scales, a bag of false weights. And the idea here being that when I am buying things from you and I want to buy a pound of something, I use a weight and that weight is a pound and a half or a pound and a tenth or something like that. And so when I buy from you, I buy a discount dishonestly. And then when I sell to you and I sell you a pound, and of course I'm using measurements that we're more familiar with, that would not be what they would use. They would use talents, for instance. I'm going to sell you with a weight that is slightly less. And so I'm going to sell you less than you really bought. I'm going to be dishonest, not because it's good for you, but because it's good for me. But God says that is not what I'm looking for. And because of this kind of wickedness, judgment is coming. Because the rich people are violent, because you are liars and your tongues speak deceit, I'm going to destroy you. And then it talks about these things. You will eat and not be satisfied. You will store up but save nothing. You will plant but not harvest. You'll press olives but not use the oil. You'll crush grapes and not drink the wine. Especially those last parts there that can you imagine if you are if you have a winery, if you have grapes and you crush them, it takes a while till that turns into wine. If you press olives, you don't drink all of that olive oil or use all of that olive oil immediately. And he's saying you're saving up things, but other people are going to spend them basically because you are not going to be here anymore. And he talks about the statues of Omri and the practices of Ahab's house and talking about basically they've been falling in with the people in the location. They've been worshiping other gods. They have not been following the law that they were given. And so they're not only just beginning to be given over to ruin, but to derision, the scorn of the nations. People are going to look at these people and say, I can't believe how dumb those people were. They had it so good. And God turned on them because they turned their back on God. And they're going to be mocked for how they behaved and for what happened to them. And I think for some of us, that would be the worst of all punishment, is being mocked by others for our obvious foolishness. And yet sometimes we as the people of Israel can be foolish and we can forget that God wants us to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. 
This, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.